The room is dark and cold. The air is damp and dank. The shadows sort of cast themselves at various angles within the room itself, caused by a small purple tear in the space-time continuum. On the walls, you look around and see bottles upon bottles of wine and there's two people standing next to the tear one a young lady dressed in a white cloak long black hair she wears uh, round rimmed glasses carrying what looks to be like a Geiger counter and a young man scruffy-looking hair with a half-shaven beard also wearing a white cloak and he has other instruments you're not quite sure and the Geiger counter or what you think is a Geiger counter keeps ticking, tick, 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 tick quite rapidly and the slight pinkish-purple glow is the only light source within the room itself. That's what casting the shadows. And she looks up, he says, It's interesting. It seems to be very stable, although at its current rate of growth, it will uh, be definitely growing. I would say it's approximately three inches now. In a day or so, it will be uh, meters. And the man looks up. Is this something we should be concerned about? No, I think not. But we shall uh, maybe uh, request some reinforcements. And Isa mm-hmm. wakes up having an odd dream of two scientists examining a tear in the space-time continuum. A thought overwhelms you that you should perhaps investigate. If that is the case, she would go find someone in the order to ask about that, as I don't think she can just go off leaving. Issa receives an overwhelming uh, thought, perhaps from the order itself that so where you're staying at the small um, town um, there's a small chapel um, with what could be perceived as um, an orphanage that's built onto the side of it but isn't really an orphanage it's uh, more of a um, almost a, a I wouldn't say barracks, but uh, definitely, uh, yeah, definitely a a place where Darman adepts uh-huh. are kept, um, not being tied down to the earthly um, uh, uh, down to earthly possessions, mm-hmm. um, having simple life. Okay. 
she's still gonna go looking for someone yeah, in the yeah, order to ask to about this. <laughs> who might be? And there's an old adept who's in the main hall. Someone who is uh, old, you, you consider old and wise, uh, but is also uh, the leader of the local chapter. Yeah. And he says, A Little one, you have felt it too. I had a strange dream. I sense a break. Yes. I think, considering your last recent interaction with uh, these forces that uh, perhaps you are more qualified to investigate this matter. I do not know where this break is. You will have to go seek uh, those who have sent uh, men to their death, perhaps. All right. Now? This will be the military. You should go see your companion you had before. He is currently on the way to get the mission. The corporal? Yavo. And he is where? Is the same building that you uh, went to last time. I do believe they call it CHQ. Then I require transport. We have organized someone. He is currently waiting outside for you. Who? You may have issue with, but these issues you must work through with him. Who? Go, young man. I am not going to work with him. Now, now, you are behaving like a child. I do not care. He nearly got all the children on the last mission killed. They did not die today. No thanks to him. He is perhaps still learning, but... Learning he what? is someone... Who seeks power to try and harness these powers, and these are dangerous people. We need to keep eyes on them. We need to send children you've, with them. Yeah, uh, so you've, you, you've, you have heard of the saying, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer, yes? And if he does turn out to be a danger, what do you expect me to do about it? I have full confidence in you, young one. Fine, I am leaving. Make sure to request that horseman. And he looks a little bit perplexed that as his eyes narrow. who you sent me to speak with? Uh, she looks very confused. There was a doctor and there was... A cavalryman. Yes. They will both be there. I see. Go now. Make friends with the Xander and... No. I may kill him, 
but I will not make friends with him. I understand. <laughs> she will leave. And look for her enemy outside. Remember to keep your emotions in control, young one. For corruption will strengthen the uh, the tear. Fine. And it is pouring down rain outside. And the road outside is muddy and there's no one on the streets. And Xander is sitting quietly at the wheel of an old lorry with his um, wheels sort of almost half in the mud. The engine is idling and smoke from the exhaust pours out into the, the cool day air. She will glare at him and then scramble up into the vehicle. Ah, welcome. I am not talking to you. Are you still mad about that whole threatening the children to get them to leave the house thing? She looks away and out of the window. There is one, or just the side if there's nothing. She just looks out. There is a window. In the she door. looks out the window. Mm -hmm. And it is completely fogged up. And she acts very interested in the fogged up window. I'll take that as a yes, then. And she does not say a single word the rest of the way there. Zender continues to try and make conversation, but after being met with silence, eventually gives up. I'd say she's uh, keeping her emotions remarkably in check for a ten-year-old, but she's angry. <laughs> and hopefully Xander knows where we're going I'm assuming because he's just not telling him yeah I'm assuming Xander knows <laughs> Xander knows where you're going or we just drive around in circles because he's just too stubborn is 1915, and the world is at war. Middle Europa was an empire already pulling itself to pieces, long before they made their grab for power that started it all. Eight states held tenuously together by their Kaiser, who seeks to return his nation to its former glory. The Western nations took notice. Led by the Kingdom of Lions, they opposed Middle Europa and their allies, leading to the Great War. Millions have met their deaths in the endless tide of mud and blood and bullets and toxic gas, but the war that chewed them up and spat out their bones shows no sign of slowing down. In the midst of this obvious devastation, a more subtle threat has also emerged. Slivers of creeping dread needle those with the ability to notice them. The world that is at war is changing in ways it shouldn't. Ways it shouldn't be able to. Events are undone, overwritten, continuity is warping, and if nothing is done, reality itself could be at risk. As the struggle for power overlaps with the struggle to preserve reality, loyalty and duty may be called into question, pitted against serving the greater good or even just surviving. 
This is the world of Carbon Gray. You are laying in your bunk, listening to the rain, and a messenger runs in through the doorway and hands you a slip of paper, and he's all saturated. He salutes and then leaves. Peter, the same happens to you as well. As a message that says report to HQ. Peter will report to HQ. <laughs> Erna will get up slowly, open the paper, read it. He gets up, he picks up his coat, shakes it off, puts it on, tightens it, starts to walk towards the door. He stops and looks over at the private that's sleeping, and he goes over and leaves the note next to him on his desk for when he wakes up. And then, putting his cap on, he steps out into the rain with a small smile going, it's the small things that help you get through the day. And he will head to HQ. The pair of you arrive. The pair of you arrive almost at the same time at the HQ. And it's still pouring down rain. I have a very bad feeling about this. Well, you can't be sure. Oh, yeah, I can. Now that I've seen you. What does that mean? I am sure there could only be somewhere around here a very grumpy little person and a very confused larger one. And he's looking around initially at the courtyard. Which is empty, but um the hq itself is just a small building that's been hastily erected um in the street um as a military headquarters uh, it's a temporary structure that's been hastily put together okay you know something that's only temporary and while the the front line is perhaps you know 20 to 50 kilometers away it's not something that would be considered permanent and, and it's a simple building. And the secretary, a young cadet, looks up. Names? Werner. I was summoned. Peter. He looks down at a book and flips through the page. 
Yes. The Sergeant Major shall see you now. Through that door. Underbar. Behind the desk in the next room is um, someone who you are not familiar with. It's a largish man um, sitting behind the desk and he appears to be uh, profusely sweating as he's wiping um, sweat from his brow, from his semi-balded head. Uh, only the top is bald around the sides. He has um, uh, longish hair that part of it, of uh, part of which he has tried to uh, comb over to cover up some of the the baldness in an obvious attempt. But he's definitely very professional. His uniform looks like it's been ironed and starched to death. He looks up. Ah, Viva and Schmidt. Can we do for you? And he starts looking around the room to make sure there's no small female child. Viva impressed with your uh, last mission, let's say. Um, I know it has been a number of days and you have both been on recreation. Um, uh, however, we do have something for you to do. We have lost contact uh, with an outpost up in the mountains. Uh, it is a small outpost, but nonetheless... We do not want uh, to make a big uh, deal of this. Um, the outpost is an important strategic location, so the less people we send, uh, the better. So we have decided to send just the two of you. You look like you have a question. Outpost is of no strategic uh, interest. It just seems, if it is of a uh, importance to the war effort, that they're only sending one exceptionally great soldier and the doctor here. The sergeant major looks up and he says, Yes, well, it is a very important strategic location in, uh, in that it overlooks a, uh, a valley that leads up to uh, a lake. But I have been informed by my superiors that we do not want the attention of uh, any scouting planes. The location has, uh, it is my understanding that I have, been, I have been informed that the location has anti-aircraft capabilities. And that the enemy knows this, and if we send a bunch of vehicles up to the mountain, they may wonder and seek to investigate themselves. I see. I have been ordered to only send a small contingent up to the mountain. Considering you both took on a small company of soldiers from previous mission, I think you two will be able to handle this situation. Go up there, find out what is going on. Why have we lost communications with him? And report back. And you hear footsteps at the door behind you. And they, the footsteps are light. May I help you, young one? I suppose that all depends. Are you one who sends men to their death? And the sergeant major looks a bit, little bit taken aback by this. I do not send men to their death. I send men to do their duty. Ah, then I suppose you cannot help me. 
I was told to go seek those who send men to their death. Don't mind her. She's always like this. And she is acting as though no one behind her has said a single thing. Um, may I help you too? They are specialists, Sergeant Major. Yes, we were told to come to HQ to accompany those headed to the mountain. I see you perhaps belong to the Order then? Perhaps one of us does. In a way. Who am I to defy the orders of the Order? Who indeed? Is he to defy the orders of the Order? Are you sure you don't send anyone to their death? You can have him. To get to the mountain, we have a small car in our depot. Do you ever let the corporal there ride horses? Seems to me he's always in cars. And he sort of dismisses that comment. You shall both go and get the car. And it's perfect. It is big enough to hold four people. I thought he was going to say to hold a horse for some reason. (laughs) You're now dismissed. Very good. If you leave now, and he looks up from uh, the uh, notes that he was uh, writing, if you leave now, you shall get there by night. Oh, Peter will leave. Writer nods and leaves. Isa will follow. As will Xander. And as he's walking out of the building, the private runs up, looking flustered, trying to get his coat done up. Why are you here? I was Sergeant Corporal. Oh, very good. Up to it. Go straight in. The Sergeant Major will be expecting you. And he walks outside. Hey, Doctor, do you know where the auto is? And after a short walk in the rain, you reach the depot. And the quartermaster there gives you, uh, hands you keys to, or a key to one of the uh, small automobiles there. And he will get in, start it up, and drive over to the office if the small mistress of trouble is there and the large surly one. Peter would have also followed so he would already be in the car. So is it the two back seats left? Yep, there's two front seats and two back seats and uh, it's a very simple automobile, almost like a, a carriage that has a motor so it's nothing out of the ordinary. In fact, it's probably considered older technology. So even the the rims are made of wood with the solid rubber tires. So the ride itself is quite bumpy and uh, not very comfortable at all. He will, once they get in, he turns and looks at Ilsa and he looks at her for about 20 seconds and then goes, then gets out of the car, walks over to his tent and then comes back with his carbine and extra ammo. He had his pistol with him, but he's decided, no. Puts it in the in the car and then gets back in, and then offers her a gumdrop. And she will hold out her hand for one. Xander will climb into the back seat of the car. So yep. clearly, what was originally a recon to a place that had had its telephone lines down has now turned into a manifestation of terror, yeah? I do not know exactly what will be there. She (laughs) looks as though she knows this is going to sound very silly to somebody who is, I guess, not in the order, and says, I had a dream about it. 
Peter looks very confused, but stays quiet. You had a dream about it. She does not respond. It is so nice to see that you are getting along. I have been told to keep my emotions in check so as to not fall to corruption and widen the breach. I fear I will not be able to do so if I engage in conversation with him. What breach are we talking about? Breach at this castle? I suppose. And what was this hallucination when unawake about? Two people in white cloaks in a basement or a wine cellar. There was a rift. They were talking about it growing bigger and they had measurements from various instruments. They said it had already grown by inches and would soon be meters across, but that it was nothing to worry about. They said they would send for someone. This rift is not the same as what is happening at the chateau? I do not know. There are rifts in many places. I see. And he clearly doesn't. And he looks at Sander to see if he's wearing a white coat. A uh, black cloak, but... Not a white enough. cloak? <laughs> are you armed, Doctor? Yeah. He will kind of lift up his coat and see his holster. Good. You're going to need it. Why? What are you supposed to be doing? They have lost contact with the outpost on top of the hill where the valley meets the lake, which is a very interesting kind of landscape, I, I think. I am interested to see this <laughs> lake that is above... The top of a hill where a valley meets a lake? <laughs> <laughs> it is true that we have got the sergeant major from the front. It's possible that he has been hitting the schnapps just a little bit hard. He was wrong, you know. I assume so. I thought that would be very difficult. Also the fact and that they do not want to send many people because the enemy aircraft that are not coming because of the anti-aircraft defense may see the trucks that they would not see because they are not coming. But anyway. No, I meant he was wrong that he doesn't send people to their death. So you expect us to find death there? I do not know if that is the case, but he was simply lying in general when he said he does not send people to their death. Hmm. He lies to himself to make himself feel better. But it doesn't work. That does not surprise me. Do you think we're going to die on this mission? That is not what I said! Ah, you are talking with me. <laughs> she looks... Yeah, Doctor, are we there yet? <laughs> well, I... I don't know. It appears I'm <laughs> the one driving with uh, the steering wheel in front of me I have. You see the steering wheel I have? And as he's in the passenger seat, he, he does like a fake steering wheel thing like he's driving. It is good that you have not lost your sense of humor. I do not know why they sent this one along. I'm sure I can be helpful. You disagree? I don't think we want any children killed, thank you. Are there meant to be children around? 
Oh, I don't know. Besides, I lied. I do know why you're coming, and I don't like it. He was your handler before. Yeah? What is he now? Someone to be watched. Ah, this time you're here to keep an eye on me. If you like. And Raita gives the doctor a look. He looks back. They have a staring contest. <laughs> it appears we're on an adventure this time. Oh, it does. Well, I'm glad someone's happy about it. I never said I was happy. Uh. Neither did I. It's raining. You only show up when it rains. So did we notice that? It was raining last time you came. That has nothing to do with me. Probably not my fault. Rifts? Unusual changes in continuity? Shouldn't have any effect on the weather. Probably. Hmm. She says like she knows what she's talking about. She doesn't. And the drive is long, and the rain sort of doesn't let up, and and you pass several convoys on the way there. Um, Convoys that are headed towards the front line from uh, deep within the interior. The place where it's marked on the map is high up in the mountains, and it ends with almost a single lane that winds up the side of one of the mountains to your final destination, which has been marked on a map for you and he will drive up to it slowly turning off his lights if he can still see well enough as he gets closer to it and the scene changes for the child in the back seat as she sleeps soundly fell asleep huh yep listening to the uh, soft drone of the rain on the canvas roof this time you can see from outside of a large it looks like a chateau but it's actually a um, what's considered a castle with some uh, ramparts and uh, two uh, towers at the front um, with an open uh, uh, gateway and uh, rock walls and uh, there's areas that have been petitioned off and um, buildings and old thatched buildings within and looks like it's been modernized to Uh, some extent uh, while other buildings um, uh, look like you know that they come out of uh, like previous history uh, previous historical period and uh, three trucks large trucks with um, uh, canvas covers over the back pull up outside the day is sunny the sun beams down and as soon as the trucks pull up from outside um, the uh, front gateway, uh, troops pour out of the back of each, about 20 each truck, and they start setting up uh, hastily erecting tents. And from the courtyard, you can see the small glow of a pink-purple colour, and deep underneath through the rock bed, the tear, sucking in dirt and rocks, bits of debris, and inside the cellar that you were in before, the area is not cast by shadows, but a strong, glowing, bright light that's pink and reddish at the same time, and there's as the woman looks more concerned, as well as the young man, They're both looking at each other and looking and measuring. And there's now armed personnel inside 
the room itself. Barak, I am wondering if we should not leave the area. This is getting, uh, growing at an ex exponential rate. No. We shall remain here. We need to measure this. We need to find a way to harness its power. She says. Well, but I am concerned. And at that instant, a sort of spectral hand reaches out and you wake up with a start. Um, the mountains are to the north. Uh, the uh, sun is definitely, uh, you know, setting... The sun is definitely setting off to the west. The sun is definitely nearing its end-of-day period. Not that you can tell with the overcast sky, but the rain has since stopped and uh, there's still enough daylight uh, left. You uh, think you probably got about an hour or so left of daylight. And so as we approach, Issa, who had fallen asleep rather than listen to Xander going on any longer, suddenly starts awake and sits straight up and looks around her in confusion. Something the matter, little one. No. You seem disturbed. I am not. I had a dream. And he will pull up and put the handbrake on and turn off the, the auto. You can see three troop carriers that are parked haphazardly outside of what uh, looks like a, a an impressive castle. It um, be considered a, a chateau. It's got um, two towers at the front, with walled off with ramparts, and you can see beyond that is buildings. But you can see that there's been a lot of movement. With the grass in the area is quite worn down, as if there's been a lot of people walking over it. And there's uh, currently uh, tents. There are currently tents that have been set up outside, as well as what looks to be more tents inside. There's the cavalryman notices an anti-aircraft position on one of the towers along the wall, set, set up with four four-barreled guns. A troop carriers? Do you mean trucks? Trucks, yes. Okay. Enough to carry upwards of 40 men each. And do I see any of these 40 men? And is the anti-aircraft gun manned? The sound is eerily quiet. Where are they? There were 60. Perhaps they are all inside the buildings? That is unlikely. The military does not care about rain. The gun would be manned. I'm assuming this castle looks familiar to Isa. And the castle looks... A very familiar, like you've been here, like you've lived here before. And the cavalryman would know that the troop carriers, um, while they could carry 40, that's 40 without carrying provisions and a full yeah, combat full load. Gear, like combat yeah. load and all, all that sort of stuff. If on average, you'd probably expect about 20 men per. 60 people do not disappear. And he gets out, takes his carbine and slowly walks towards the tent. Isa's gonna hop out of the car because she wants to go see if she can see any glowing lights. 
Linder will get out as well. Uh, pull his hood up to uh, try and keep himself a little bit out of the rain. Okay. Okay. The as the cavalryman heads over towards the the tents, and you can see that there's tents that have been set up outside, but as well as inside and other facilities as well. Um, and in the breeze, the tent tents are sort of flapping, but not the 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 noise itself is almost muted as you get closer. You can begin to hear it, but it's uh, more. Uh, muffled, as if you're like listening to it through, um, through a lot like heavy bed sheets or something, and the tents are empty and void of life. The equipment is scattered about. Bunks lay open and bare, half slept in. Some foods being left on. Uh, you know, in in places and on tables, as well as uh, weapons and ammunition. And as your feet squish in the mud, heading towards the next tent, uh, you look down to see uh, an empty shell casing, which then leads to another empty shell casing and another, and soon behind one of the tents see enough empty shell casings that would indicate that an entire clip of a magazine had been fired. And the girl can't see inside the actual castle because of the walls. You'd have to go mm-hmm. through the open... She's just walking into the courtyard because in her dream, there was a glow emanating like through the ground. She just wants to see if there is one. If not, she's going to wait for everyone else to sort of do whatever they're doing. And through some tents in the open courtyard you couldn't see it at the beginning um, as you entered because there were some tents in the way but after pinpointing remembering recalling where it was in your dream you see a glow of reddish pink and just as disturbing as the fine are the the lines that would have pegged the tents and held them up pieces of rope that were pegged into the ground are now drawn to uh, this rip. Some of the pegs, the metals, is the, the, the rope itself is held taunt. Um, some of them going into uh, the rip completely, others just floating there in space. Okay, she will stand and consider this. What's Xander doing? Uh, Xander's going to wander kind of into the middle of the courtyard area and kind of look the tents are like all throughout the courtyard or yep he's going to look inside some of them for any clues to where the people might be xander doesn't see anything but he also comes upon uh, the scene of a area where there's no bodies but empty shell casings Sander will bend down pick one up in his hand and kind of roll it between his fingers can I tell, like, what uh, gun it would have been fired from? Does Xander know about guns? Not a lot, but he can tell, like, what the Possibly a rifle of some sort. Um, generally, the caliber would be written on the back, and it's a military caliber. Okay. Uh, okay. But Xander also notices the small tear. Xander leaves the, the tent and sees the 
child looking up at the, the terror. Did you cause this? No. Why would I cause something like this? I don't know. I belong to an organization that is trying to stop this. So why would I do this? If the tear in your dream was only just appearing in the ground, it's now a good four feet out of the ground. But this isn't the same one as is in the cellar, right? Is this a separate one? And the ground where it's come up through has is sinking into the the rip. It's developed a bit of a almost a a depression all around it, where the space around it has literally disappeared into or been sucked into it. And what's holding the dirt at this time is more the grass than anything. But given the recent rains, you know, you can see bits floating into the, the rip. I would not get too close if I were you. Isa continues to stare at a rift in space and time. And says, there is absolutely no one here. Not in the tents. No one in the vehicles or around them. And that gun has no personnel. And he tosses a small metal cylinder to the doctor, which is a bullet casing. There is more than a few of these scattered around, but no bodies. That is very strange. The little one and the child have gone over there. Which is the is little, little one, one and the child? child? And it's starting to get a bit darker. The light fades, and there's no lights in the castle. And uh, Issa was telling Xander not to get too close to the rift. Do you think it's possible the missing people went into the rift? I do not know. I would not get too close as it seems to be absorbing things. Xander will see that Issa is holding her hand to her neck. And Xander is preoccupied. He's turned around and looking behind him. It... I... wonder if it might be better to step away? I'm feeling the same. And she will begin to back away from the rift, still keeping an eye on it. Xander has turned around. Does the feeling change location at all? Nope. And does backing away from the rift cause any less of a tingling sensation? Nope. No. Oh, good. Are you feeling anything odd at the moment? I have a tingling feeling in my neck. As do I. I had hoped it would subside if I increased distance between myself and the anomaly. However, that was not the case. It does not seem to have dissipated. We should perhaps find the others and warn them not to get too close. Xander nods and begins walking back towards where he last saw the others. Isa will follow. And through the open archway of the main gate, you can see the cavalryman and the doctor walking through the gate and into um, the castle walls. Not into so the castle walls, but into the courtyard. Of the... So we're we're heading out of the courtyard as they head in, so we meet up. Yeah, you were heading. Yeah, so you're hit, you're basically both at the entrance now. Everyone, both groups are at the entrance, but on the courtyard side. Isa is looking quite troubled. 
Xander looks more intrigued than troubled. There is a problem. What is it? A rift. Very large. It has grown up, I presume, from the cellar through the ground and is now several feet above it. It is drawing things into itself. May I take a look at this rift? If you wish, however, ever since examining it, Xander and I have been... Hmm... Troubled by odd sensations? We've become tingly. You mind if I take a look at you, Zen? Uh, feel free. And she gestures to her neck, where the tingling is. Either we'll take out his doctor's bag, <laughs> and attempt to check up. Well, the hair on the back of your neck is standing up, so that could be a fear response. I am not afraid. Simply concerned. It feels more like some sort of electrical charge. Like I'm about to be struck by lightning. Well, that's a little more concerning. It could possibly be static electricity from being near it. But we are not near it anymore. Just true. If you still wish to take a look at it, it is in the courtyard this way. Peter will head that way. Lisa will walk back to the rift and gesture at it. <laughs> and there is a bright reddish pink tear that's glowing with bits of matter that are being sucked in towards it and the ropes of the tents are drawn towards it and they're quite taut and you also feel almost like a gravitational pull or a, it could be a static pull if you're inclined to think that way your clothes sort of are pulled in that direction as well I can hear something what? sounds like a child crying inside the chapel I originally thought it was you no, I suppose we had better go see what it is. It could be a trap. Or it could be a child for you to terrify half to death. I no longer hear it. That is... strange. You said a trap, Xander. A trap by who? Whoever got rid of all of the army people who were here. Your other theory was that they entered this tear. So if they did, and no one got rid of them, as you put it, who would be here trying to trap people? I'm allowed to come up with multiple theories as new information presents itself. All I'm saying is that we be careful if we are to investigate. I am always careful. And the air is broken by the sound of... a building off to the right towards the rear of the uh, courtyard. And it's not the same building he thought he heard crying in? No, opposite side. Is the chapel or is the gunfire? Which do you think more pressing? One is a child, one is not. I assume, at least. And we can check the chapel and continue on unless we are horribly killed by Dander's trap setter. Yavol, to the chapel! I uh, loading a loading around and going to the chapel, yeah. Xander is 
going to follow, but at a distance. Doctor will follow, but he wants to come back to the anomaly after. Okay, so the chapel off to the left is an older style chapel. It's a, a, a very old wooden building um, with a small tower on top of it. And atop the tower uh, sits the cross. Looks like it's been a later addition to the to the castle itself, with the building being built after the outside walls. Uh, but set up against the wall, it extends along the wall as well. So the chapel actually breaks off into uh, another area. And as you near the chapel from through the various tents that are located in the courtyard, you notice that the front door is wide open and inside is quite dark other than the 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 glow of uh, the tear offering some little light that it does the night sky is definitely getting darker now and the interior of the chapel is dark and as you enter or head towards the doorway you can see rows of pews um, about six rows each side and some of them misaligned. Two of them on one side have been uh, stacked up upon each other. And there's empty shell casings on the ground. Ironically enough, every, everyone other than the Doctor, the Doctor's more fascinated with looking back at the, um, the rift. And having looked at it for so long, his eyes have become accustomed to the, the brightness of it and seeing anything in the darkness of this... Uh, sh uh, of this chapel is quite impossible. The cavalryman and and the the girl notice the empty shell casings on the floor. The cavalryman notes that you know they're uh, they're military caliber. Xander is hanging back. He notices this. Xander runs his hands along the corridor wall as you continue walking. You may want to have a look at this. There are no bullet holes in the wall. And? There are bullet casings on the ground. Presumably, that means that there was a firefight here. But no one knows where the bullets went. Exactly. Not into the walls, at least. Is there any blood on the floor? Nope. Ace is still looking around for anyone who could have been crying. Yep, you can't hear any sounds of crying at all. Hello? And then from behind a door at the end of the um, the, the chapel, uh, up near the... Uh, where the minister would stand at the uh, pulpit, off to the right side towards the, the back on, on, on the stage area, there's a door and through that you hear the sound in the next building of a door closing Fruk. but it's the sound is also muffled Werner will hurry up to the door stay to the side of it and open it you open it and there is a corridor that leads into another building where there are three doors off to the right on the left hand side you can see it's uh, pretty much just a uh, stone wall, and on the right are doors to other rooms, which you can guess from from what you've seen from the outside. You know, might be um, rooms that are associated with the chapel. And behind this, the the actual building itself is where the 
the anti-aircraft position was. But all the doors on the right along the corridor are closed. And uh, the wall or the corridor is after about, what's that distance? You reckon about 30 feet? Ends at a solid wall. He will move up to the other door. Ace is going to follow into this other corridor. He either starts to rub his throat on the back of his neck. And you're at the first door. Open it and glance quickly inside. It is a room that has uh, about half a dozen bunks in it. All made. He will leave the door open and move to the second. Do the same. Same again on the second door. And to the third. And opening the third door, there is but one bunk and a large heavy set table, a chest of drawers and a cupboard. Very ornate. There's a quill and ink on the the heavy set table. It looks like it's very well made, possibly of some kind of cedar. Issa sort of pokes her head around the doorway, looks in the room and says, You should check in the cupboard. That's where I'd hide if I was going to. And he moves forward slowly with the carbine up. And the floorboards creak underneath your feet as you get closer towards the cupboard. And he will open it quickly and take a couple of steps back so he's got some room. And before you... Hang... Minister's clothes and some civilian clothes and a couple of suits and at the bottom of the cupboard there's a line of uh, different kinds of shoes some formal shoes some slippers <laughs> there's no one in there I didn't say there would be just that you should look I don't know everything and he will look around the room at the moment Mm-hmm. okay and what was I don't know if anyone else wants to do because he went from door to door there as you turn to look around the room, both you, because you both had stated that you went into the room, Issa and the mm. cavalryman, mm. Uh, notice on the, I'm going to call it the, on the western wall, is uh, right in the middle of the wall is a, a wet patch, and it's like dripping down the wall, but not... What do you make of that? Not, not in a watery fashion, but in a very viscousy sort of fashion. And what colour is this wet patch? Uh, it is clear. I don't know. Here, Doctor. Yeah? What do you make of this? Do not touch it, however. I don't know what it is. It doesn't look like water. It doesn't look like blood, either. Hence why I said I do not touch it. Peter will walk up to it and look at it. <laughs> and touch I investigate it? No. it? Uh, if you want. You make it sound like I shouldn't do that. Which is why I'm gonna do it. No, if I was going to make it sound like you shouldn't do it, I'd be going, yes, do it. Well, it appears to be some kind of ectoplasma. Ectoplasm? I don't think that's real. It is supposed to be a substance left behind by the supernatural, manifested by those who conduct seances. You would be surprised the kind of things that exist in the world. But what is it? I would call it evidence. Of? Paranormal happenings here. Rifts in the continuity are not paranormal. It is not ghosts and demons. How do you know what is beyond the rift? 
Peter will open up his doctor's bag, put on leather gloves, and collect a sample with a empty vial. And Verna will look... So Verna will turn from Xander to Issa. So what is it? Normally, when a medium claims they have produced ectoplasm, it is a material like cheesecloth or gauze. There is no scientific evidence for it. He ponders this. So what is it? Ectoplasm or that? Either, at this point. Ectoplasm is supposed to be a spiritual energy made physical. That, I could not say. Okay, well, Issa's going, because she has no clue what's going on and wants some answers. Yep, Peter will run out of the building as he tries to fiddle putting the vial away and take the gloves off. The Carbon Grey role-playing game is published by Magnetic Press, starring SPG as Peter, Shadow as Xander, Ghost as Werner, Emily as Issa, and Raven Insane as the storyteller. Sounds and music are from Sirenscape and Epidemic Sound. Thanks very much for listening.